Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners, and happy Friday. It's the best day of the week because it's almost the weekend. And finally, we have some sun here where I am living. And I want to give a shout out to the person who's been listening in Jamaica. (laughs) I'm pretty sure if you are in Jamaica, pretty sure you're the only person in Jamaica tuning in to my podcast. And you've been tuning in for a very, very long time. So I want to thank you. The person in Jamaica, I want to thank you and contact me if you live in Jamaica. I'd love to get to know you. I'd love to hear your story. And I'd love to hear how you started listening to the Bible Explained podcast. And thank you to everybody else also. It's just really exciting to see you guys tuning in to scripture every single day. So all of you, if you have a prayer request, feel free to send it my way. All my information of how you can contact me is listed in the description of this podcast episode. And I love hearing from all of you. And of course, if you have a prayer request or something that you need to just talk about, then please send me an email and I will write you down in my little prayer journal and pray for you. Okay, let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 32 today, verses 44 through 52. I'll be reading out of the W-E-B as I always do. Moses came and spoke all the words of this song in the ears of the people, he and Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses finished reciting all these words to Israel. He said to them, set your heart to all the words which I testify to you today, which you shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is no vain thing for you, because it is your life. And through this thing, you shall prolong your days in the land where you go over the Jordan to possess it. Yahweh spoke to Moses that same day saying, Go up into this mountain of Abiram, to Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, that is across from Jericho, and see the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel for possession. Die on the mountain where you go up, and be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother died on Mount Hor, and was gathered to his people, because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah of Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because you didn't uphold my holiness among the children of Israel. For you shall see the land from a distance, but you shall not go there into the land which I give the children of Israel. You'll remember that for the past couple days, we have actually been going over God's song, which was the first portions of Deuteronomy chapter 32. And now Moses finished writing down all the words of God's song and then dictated them to all of the people. It says, Moses came and spoke all the words of the song to the ears of the people. He and Joshua, the son of Nun. So it wasn't just Moses that was dictating this song. It was also Joshua. So Moses was yelling it to as many people as Moses could yell it to. And then Joshua was probably on the other side of the congregation, yelling it all to them. And the reason Joshua is included in this is because Joshua is now basically, for the most part, the new leader of Israel. He has taken over for Moses and is going to lead the people into Israel. And almost his first task or one of his first tasks as leader before Moses dies is to recite 
all the words of the song to the people. So here's what Moses says here. And he said to them, set your heart to all the words which I testify to you today. So he's like, don't turn your heart away from these words. Because people always have a tendency to not want God. I was actually just watching something today where a street preacher went out and spoke God's word in the streets. And there was a ton of people that were just like basically attacking him with like profanities and insults and all sorts of crazy stuff. But there was one person at the very end that ended up coming to salvation through the words of the street preacher. But what I found so interesting about that video was that you could definitely see how against God those people really were. They were so against God. They were so anti-God. They hated this street preacher's message so much that they'd rather stand there for hours like screaming at him rather than going on with their day and doing whatever they need to do. They'd rather stand there screaming at him because they hate his message. They hate the message of Jesus. They hate God so much. And there was other people that were coming up to him and they were like, we don't want to hear this. We hate this message. You know, how dare you talk to us about our sin, all that kind of stuff. So Moses was correct when he says to the people, set your heart to all the words which I testify to you today. Because people just don't want God. And the Israelites, you can see throughout their history in the wilderness, they did not want God either. They wanted to stone Moses on several occasions. They wanted to stone Aaron on several occasions. They wanted to continually blaspheme God. They wanted to test God. They constantly were like, we're going back to Egypt because life was better there. We had cucumbers to eat in Egypt. (laughs) That's actually what they said. They were like, we miss our cucumbers. (laughs) (laughs) because there were no cucumbers in the wilderness. I don't know, though. I don't think I'd miss cucumbers (laughs) out of all of the like food I could eat. I don't think I'd be thinking about cucumbers. But anyway, um, the people were not satisfied and super anti-God in the wilderness. And Moses knew this and God knew this. and, And that's why God wrote that song that we talked about over the past few days. He wrote it to testify basically against Israel, but it was also prophecy of what Israel would do. It was totally prophecy. And this prophecy ended up coming true hundreds of years later, like to a T, it all came true. But because God knew exactly what the Israelites would do, he wrote this song and he had Moses write it and he had Moses tell it to the people. So that when the people eventually did all this stuff that the song said, they had no excuse at the very end when God came and punished them for all the sins that they were going to do. They'd have no excuse because they were taught the words of the song. They were taught everything in scripture. They were taught not to fall away from uh, the Old Testament laws. They were taught all of this, but they didn't want to do it. So Moses commands the people, set your heart to all the words which I testify to you today and command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is no vain thing for you. In other words, Moses is like, look, the words of this law is good. It's not vain. It's not empty. We're not just like telling you to do this stuff because we 
hate you and we want to torture you with all these laws and rules and regulations. Instead, Moses says, it is your life. It's not vanity. It's not empty. The words of the Bible are truth and they are life. In fact, yesterday on the podcast, I just talked about how our purpose is found through Christ because he is the vine and we are the branches. The branches job is to produce fruit because of the vine, right? That is literally the job of a branch. Like when you look outside, the branch is producing something, whether it's leaves or nuts or fruit, whatever, flowers, it's producing something that is the point of the branch. If the branch is not producing anything, what good is it? It's a purposeless branch. If Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, our purpose is found through Jesus. That's what Moses says here. This is your life. The words of the law are life. Now, of course, we don't live under the Old Testament law anymore. Instead, we now live under the testament of grace through Jesus. But regardless, every bit of the Bible was given to us to show us God's heart. Every bit of it was given to us so that we can fear God, so that we can have the entire picture of why Jesus had to come and save us from our sins. We have the entire picture. And all of scripture was inspired by God, the God who made us, who literally formed us, gave us this scripture so that we can do it. And in him, we have life. We don't have a purpose apart from Christ. And continuing in verse 47, it says, And through this thing you shall prolong your days in the land where you go over the Jordan to possess it. Now, this was, of course, for the Israelites completely. God had told them that if they followed all of the words of the law, that they'd actually get to stay in the land, like the promised land, basically forever. Like all of their kids would be well taken care of. They'd have all these blessings. They would have all these crops. They'd have animals. They'd have wealth. They'd have purpose in this promised land. And God says, if you do all these things, you will be able to remain in the promised land forever with all of these blessings. But if you don't do them, well, then I'm going to kick you out of the promised land because you didn't deserve it because you promised to do these things and you lied. So Moses is repeating that. I don't even know how many times Moses has repeated this, this exact phrase in scripture. Like it's been a ton. So after Moses says all the words of the song, Yahweh speaks to Moses that very same day. And he says, go up to the mountain of Abiram to Mount Nabo, which is in the land of Moab. That is across from the Jericho and see the land of Canaan. So it looks like this almost was a journey. I don't know how far away Moses was from mountain Abiram. I have no clue, but it sounds like this is kind of a hike a little bit that he has to go all the way through Moab where it's like close to Jericho and stuff. And uh, he'd have to see the land of Canaan. Now, I don't know if Moses had to travel this alone or if all of Israel went with Moses. That's very possible because we know that um, we know that Joshua, one of the first cities he took was Jericho, which we'll get into that once we get into the book of Joshua. But Moses had to make this journey specifically to die. That is what God says. He's like, die on the mountain. <laughs> it's kind of strong language. But Moses already knew that he was going to die. Like this was no secret. God had said this to Moses multiple times that Moses would die on the mountain, 
that Moses uh, would not go over into the promised land. I mean, he knew this for a very long time. So God says, it's finally time for you to die. You're going to die on this mountain where you go up and you're going to be gathered to your people as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. This is actually a bit of comfort that God gives Moses. It's very comforting to all of us when we have family members who have died before us and we get reminded that when we die, even though death is scary and we don't exactly understand it, but it's very comforting to know that when we die and go to heaven, there's going to be family members there waiting for us. And that's kind of what God was comforting Moses with. He's like, your brother Aaron died also and was also gathered to his people. And Moses, you're also going to be gathered to those same people. And Aaron is going to be there. So it's a bit of comfort. I actually had somebody recently tell me that the point of going to heaven is not to see all your family members, but to be with Christ. And I totally agree with that. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with comforting people by telling them your family members are in heaven. You're going to see them again. And even God does it right here to Moses. So he gives him some comfort. He says, Aaron's here, you know, he died and you're going to follow him because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah of Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin, because you didn't uphold my holiness among the children of Israel. So God reminds Moses of the sin that he committed as to why he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. But then right after that, in verse 52, God continues with saying, For you shall see the land from a distance, but you shall not go there into the land which I give the children of Israel. So he says, Moses, you sinned. You sinned against me. You did not give me glory. But I'm still going to allow you to look at the promised land before you die. I'm going to give that to you. This is almost like God restoring a relationship with Moses that even though he sinned and he sinned very badly with the waters at Kadesh. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about this, but Moses was like, should we give you water out of this rock? (laughs) Like stating as if him and God are on the same level, like Moses can actually do anything without God's power. So he said, you know, can should me and God give you this water out of the rock? Firstly, secondly, Moses disobeyed God completely with that entire situation. Now, of course, God was merciful and still gave the people water because they were complaining they had no water in the wilderness. He was still merciful, but Moses totally disobeyed God as to how the water was supposed to be like brought forth, basically. So Moses not only disobeyed, but he also gave no glory to God and even equated himself on the same level as God. So God says, because you gave me no glory, you trespassed against me, is what he says, among the children of Israel. You did not uphold my holiness, is what he says, among the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel, they really needed God's holiness at that time, when Moses disobeyed that way. They were the second generation of the Israelites in the wilderness. They were the kids. And this was the first time the kids had really gone against God. And so God really wanted to show his holiness to the generation that was going to be taking the promised land. But Moses, unfortunately, disobeyed God and he did not uphold God's holiness. Now, of course, in the end, 
God still showed his own holiness by giving the uh, people the water. But Moses still sinned. And so that's why Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land, if you guys remember that. But God says in verse 52, but you're going to see the land from a distance, which is honestly so merciful and so beautiful of God to be like, hey, Moses, you sinned pretty badly at Kadesh, but, you know, I'm still going to give you this one thing because you really wanted to see the the promised land. I'm going to let you see it. You're just not going to go over there. So this was a comfort to Moses in his last moments. God comforted Moses by telling him that Aaron was going to basically be there. And he also comforted Moses by allowing him to see the promised land and that knowing that Moses's sin was not the end of his relationship with God. And that's the same thing with you guys and with me also. God is very forgiving. He's forgiving of me when I sin. He's forgiving of you. And just because you sin once, that doesn't mean God dislikes you or that God is going to like break his relationship with you. That doesn't make any sense. That is not who God is. God is always going to forgive if you desire that relationship with him and if you desire that forgiveness from God. He will forgive you. Just know that your sins, they don't have to be the end of your relationship with God. That relationship can always be restored. And actually, God desires a restored relationship with you. Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, I'm just going to let all of you go because it is Friday. And I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday for another episode out of Deuteronomy. We're going to finish up and move into season six very quickly on the podcast here. But have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you on Monday. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,